Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. How are you feeling today, Matt? I'm feeling, feeling well. It, it's finally colder here. So much colder than it has been that I get to wear my... You know, my black leather gloves mm-hmm. and my uh, big black jacket and my black hat when I'm driving. And I feel like some kind of anti-super serial killer <laughs> hero. <laughs> uh, side note, Paul, Mission Control Deccan just chimed in with serial killer. I don't know <laughs> if that made it on the mic. No, I, I don't think it did. But uh, that's why it was a super serial killer hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, driving with your balaclava on, right? Yeah, yeah, it just feels good. Yeah, I I believe this is one of the states where it is technically illegal to operate a motor vehicle wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, Have you heard about that? Uh, Probably, but they haven't caught me yet. Yeah, I I don't see how that would apply to things that require helmets like motorcycles and so on. Mm -hmm. 
Anyhow, yeah, I also felt the strange switch. Suddenly we woke up and it was fall, you know, or maybe we skipped fall and it's just winter now. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. And, uh, you know, like many people dealing with the rapidly changing climate, we are discovering a paradigm shift in conversation. Remember those old halcyon days where it was considered uh, boring or small talk to talk about the weather? When we were growing up, that's something old people and boring people did. Yeah, but I think maybe we're just a little older and more boring. That That is a valid – that's a valid assertion. <laughs> it's happening more frequently in my life at least. Or I would say – I would say a valid proposition because I would – I would argue that now that the weather is becoming so unpredictable and wildcard-esque, we all tend to talk about the weather more because we have to check in because no yeah. one knows what's going to happen. You know? It's now a valid concern. <laughs> it is. It is. It used to – we're no longer shooting the breeze. We're, we're ensuring people's safety and livelihood. You don't know. If you ask somebody what the weather – what the weather's like in their part of town, they might say, well, the tornado has gained sentience, uh, which we were not expecting, but scientists say that's because we didn't recycle or something like that. You know sure. I mean? I'm – I'm yeah. exaggerating a bit. But today's episode is in a way about the weather. It is in a way about the environment. Because whether you live in the frozen wilds of the Arctic North or the sweltering climes of the tropic or the, you know, objectively perfect environment of Hawaii, you've doubtlessly had one of those weird conversations about weather with outsiders. You know, yes, says somebody in the upper reaches of Scandinavia, sometimes the sun sets at 4 p.m. here. Other times it's dark for, you know, weeks on end, or the sun just doesn't leave at all. It's uh, it's normal for us. And while weather across the planet can vary to a, a wide degree, it is uh, pretty impressive that our species, um, most of whom are, we're, we're largely identical to one another in terms of physiological requirements, it's impressive that we can all exist for long periods of time in these very different conditions, you know? I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and our cultures have kind of been tailored in a lot of ways to these different weather patterns and the climates in which we've, you know, existed. Yeah. Religions are born a lot of times, early on at least, out of these patterns. Good call, right? Uh, yeah, we're tool makers. We're arrogant. We are explainers and we are woefully satisfied with our own explanations. Yeah, but we're also feelers because we've got a lot of chemicals that float around in us that cause us to feel ways, or at least they affect the way we feel about things sometimes. Right. And I was thinking about this too with uh, the old Robert Frost poem, Tree at My Window. You remember that? I do. So there's this line, tree in my window is obviously, it's about this tree that Robert Frost is really digging at the time. Or to be fair, the speaker of the poem, if not, you know, maybe he's faking it. Maybe he didn't have a tree. It could be a character. Yeah, maybe it's like a metaphor for nuclear war or something. Who knows, right? Yeah. Well, there's this, there's this thought in the last two lines where he talks about the tree experiencing outer weather and himself, or again, the speaker of the poem, being concerned with their own inner weather. And today's episode is about that. I love that you set up uh, the the idea of all these neurochemicals and reactions just bouncing willy-nilly and unseen in every person's brain box, because today's episode does not center around climate change. It's about a 
more primal question people have been asking for at the very least centuries. That is, how does the outer weather, the environment, affect our own inner psychological weather? Can something in the air, some lack of sunlight or some overabundance of moonlight really make us, for lack of a better phrase, hesitate to say it, but go crazy? Yes. Uh, Let's say uh, act abnormally. (laughs) <laughs> to ourselves, at least to ourselves, um, in the ways we've we've come to see ourselves. Here are the facts. There is a common wisdom that floats around the internet and has been around for a long time that weather in some ways can affect people's uh, moods, how they feel, whether or not they're excited to wake up in the morning or, you know, if they're feeling a little sad now and then. And there is this idea of uh, – it is – it has a name that is kind of delightful but at the same time, it's just delightful to speak of. It's called SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. SAD. Yes. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, we're just planting the seed for SAD. We're planting sad a seed. SAD seed yeah. here. <laughs> it, it, will, uh, it will be fruitful later on. Now, um, there's an unrelated idea that my wife and I have talked about a lot of times because of her involvement with – children um, in in a school environment, whether or not the moon can actually affect us as well, uh, the amount of light that's being reflected upon us by the moon. Really, that's what they're talking about, where the moon is and how much light is being reflected. Can this make us feel different, yeah. unstable perhaps? Yeah, yeah. This is an ancient idea and it, it goes in a couple of different directions. The ancient idea is – Um, the concept that the moon, maybe not so much the light, sometimes it's light, sometimes it's just the idea that a more visible moon means a moon is physically closer. Uh, This this dates back all the way to philosophers like Aristotle and the (laughs) often hilariously incorrect historian Pliny the Elder from the, the Roman historian. They thought that the brain was the moistest organ in the body And that, therefore, like the oceans, it was the most susceptible to the insidious influences of the moon because of the way the moon can affect the tides in the oceans. And this went through – this idea, which again is ancient, has gone through many different iterations and names. Sometimes it was called the lunar lunacy effect or the Transylvania effect and it – the belief, you know – survived the fall of the Roman Empire and survived the fall of the ancient Greeks in the Middle Ages when people – when it was just commonly accepted that some people turn into wolves, you know? Some people are in league with infernal powers and they turn into wolves and that's just how the cookie crumbles, right? Uh, they, they, of course, thought that the moon had these unholy influences even on um, – people who say their prayers at night, you know, and the, yeah. the old Wolfsbane uh, reference. Yeah, the full moon is a weird thing. It's hey, a weird thing. Back in, back in the 19th century, there was even this thing that you could argue in court that uh, you could argue that somebody was not guilty by reason of the full moon. Let's say if you're a defense lawyer and you're representing somebody and they would make their, their claim that this quote-unquote lunatic client was uh, – you know, not accountable for whatever he or she did because the full moon was there and, 
We all know how the full moon affects us, especially when we're turning into wolves and such. Mm. Just kidding. This is now a, the 19th century. So we've moved beyond werewolves. Not, I don't know. Not, not fully, but yeah. we moved a bit beyond werewolves. 1800s, Eastern Europe, people believe <laughs> People were still certain, you know, and, and in, yeah. in less, uh, you know, in less densely populated areas in the world today, belief in physical shapeshifters, it's, it's still around, you know, it's not as popular. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's, well, there's a lot to, to be said there on the full moon. There's, there's a ton of things here about how the full moon can possibly affect us. So that's, that's the interesting part, right? Werewolves aside, ancient Rome aside, the belief in uh, this relationship between the moon waxing and people acting unstable persists in the modern day. You'll see the lunar cycle blamed for everything from spikes in suicide attempts and psychiatric hospital emissions to emergency room calls and reports to traffic accidents to dog bites and more and more and more. And again, just taking it back to my wife and just mm. for a second – she believes – this is kind of her theory or her hypothesis – is that the amount of light uh, shining down on a darkened earth mm-hmm. at any given time can affect sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way a child or an adult falls asleep, how long it takes to fall asleep, how how well they're able to sleep just because of an increased amount of light within a room unless there are blackout curtains or something like that. She thinks that can have an effect on the next day, essentially. I see. Yeah, it's um, a uh, disturbance in circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. right? That I mean, that's that's a good argument. I would I would want to hear the opinion too of how that if light is uh, if light is the cause there ultimately of some sort of disturbance in otherwise normal behavior is it dependent on the type of light? Is that what creates the disturbance? Because now we live in a place where many, many, many people have artificial lights, whether they're even just computer screens or television screens on while they sleep. So are, you know, is a disturbed circadian rhythm the new normal? I could definitely see it uh, being a really solid uh, proposition in the days before electricity. You know, I, I like maybe maybe the disturbance has changed over time because of the rise of electric lights. Well, yeah, I would just say from, you know, not to get into an argument about this, but mm-hmm. within, at my home, mm-hmm. the moon's light uh, comes into our windows at my house to such a significant effect that it looks like we've got lights on outside mm-hmm. um, when there's a full moon compared to when there's even a half moon or, or you know, lesser. Um do you to, feel that's pushing closer to lycanthropy or? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I, but it certainly does affect my ability to get to sleep mm-hmm. and, and just personally. And I just wonder how, how much of an effect that would be outside of computer screens, outside of, you know, artificial light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's again, that's the, one of my big questions there would be the type of light. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. it a UV thing? Is it something in the LED displays? People are still debating about this, and there's an interesting scientific quibble here. Psychiatrists across the planet and certainly throughout the West, including people like Miami psychiatrist Arnold Lieber, have argued um, have argued less about light and more about water. The idea that 
just like Aristotle and Pliny said, the full moon has an effect on behavior because the human body is almost 80% water. So again, maybe the moon is disrupting something about the way water functions in our nervous system specifically. Other people, not just psychiatrists, tend to agree and uh, large groups of people tend to agree that the moon does something wonky to human beings. There was a survey a few years back that said around 45 percent of college students believe, yes, the moon can affect human behavior in increasing their likelihood of doing something unusual for them. That's the thing. It's all case by case. Unusual for them. For someone, unusual might be staying up till 3 a.m. and eating a pint of ice cream. For other people, unusual may be, you know, robbing a, a Toys R Us. I'm trying to think of things that aren't around so we don't get any angry letters. That's a good choice. A Toys R Us or Radio Shack somewhere. There we go. Maybe or, a Blockbuster that um, kept its doors unlocked. A media play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still Sears in uh, Alaska. Isn't that weird? Yeah, there you go. So this this is interesting because this isn't just uh, cherry-picking one survey. Other surveys seem to indicate that mental health professionals might be more likely than the average person to believe in this relationship. And sectors of law enforcement, this should not surprise anybody, whether you yourself are an LEO or whether you uh, have one in your friend group or your family, a lot of members of law enforcement share this belief. As a matter of fact, back in the 1970s, the International Association of the Chiefs of Police put their money where their mouth is. They commissioned a study to discover whether there was any scientific basis to the belief that the full moon makes people, let's not say crazy, let's say weird. Uh, what Do we know what they found? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Here's where it gets crazy. Oddly enough, multiple studies, not all the studies, but the majority of studies conducted in this field or toward this question have found no discernible scientific evidence that the full moon has any sort of physiological effect on the human mind. So we can we can bust the the water myth first. Uh, before we get to that, please note everyone the the way we phrased that finding that the full moon does not have any sort of physiological effect on the human mind. That is different from a psychological effect, right? Yeah. So there's a dilemma there. But we're we're pretty sure as a species that if the moon has some sort of uh, some sort of deleterious effect on human beings, it is not due to the water content of our bodies. Let's go to the Scientific American with some quotes that list the problems with this whole water gravity theory. Like, is the moon actually changing the water inside of us? It says, quote, First, the gravitational effects of the moon are far too minuscule to generate any meaningful effects on brain activity, let alone behavior. As the late astronomer George Abel of the University of California, Los Angeles noted, a mosquito sitting on your arm exerts a more powerful gravitational effect on us than the moon does. Now, that's intense. This is me speaking outside of the quote. That's an intense uh, fact, if it is indeed a fact. And it was said uh, by a former astronomer, so we must believe it. Let's continue on. Yet, to the best of our knowledge, there have been no reports of a mosquito lunacy effect. So there's a little biting remark there. Mm -hmm. um, let's go on. Second, the moon's gravitational force affects only open bodies of water, such as oceans and lakes, but not contained sources of water, such as the human brain. That's Aha! pretty rock solid. It really is. It is contained within uh, our skulls. This last one's the most interesting to me. Yes. Quote, third, the gravitational effect of the moon is just as potent during new moons when the moon is visible to us as it is during full moons. So. Aha! The, <laughs> the light of the moon is a more likely candidate for affecting us. I'm just kidding. But it is. <laughs> sure. I mean, well, let's find out. Going back to water, what this means is that the – perception that we have, while it does hold its own internal logic, you know, there's some analog there. The moon affects water in certain ways or in certain, you know, situations, then why not the human brain? What's so special about the water in the human body? Nothing except temporarily its location. This means that if we want to dive into the belief that there's some sort of causal relationship between the moon and specifically crime – 
right, if we want to look at law enforcement data, then we will need to reject the the water myth or the water part of the moon myth and we'll need to regard – at least to some degree, the huge amount of anecdotal evidence from police officers across the planet because a lot of these folks wholeheartedly believe in this, but maybe maybe not the way you think because often, you know, people who work in law enforcement are trained to apply critical thinking. So they will, hopefully, if they're paying attention and training, be some of the more skeptical members of society at large. So let's consider the work of a guy named David Hunter. David Hunter uh, was a retired deputy from Knox County, Tennessee. In his book, The Moon is Always Full, he collected multiple stories of police officers relaying strange events. Let's call them lunar war stories, things that happened while they were on duty during the full moon. However, Hunter does not believe that there is a physiological mechanism at play here. Instead, he believes it is squarely something in the sphere of the psychological. He says that the moon-crime relationship or perception thereof is a matter of self-fulfilling prophecies. And he notes, he says, hey, you know, most cops are adrenaline junkies. If nothing happens on a graveyard shift, they get, you know, disappointed. So the full moon gives the cop a reason to investigate things he might usually ignore. Aha. So just the fact that it is a full moon, the police officer thinking to him or herself, oh, it's a full moon. Mm-hmm. I got to check this out. Right, right, right. I've seen the movies. I've seen the tropes. Uh, or, you know, it's it's similar to, I guess, Bader-Meinhof too, where, you know, you, you hear Turn the Beat Around once and then or you think of the song and then you feel like you've heard it three times in the past 48 hours, but have you? Or were you just noticing more, you know? Are you using turn the beat around as like a a verb, like I did a thing, I turned the beat around? I mean the song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you turn the beat around if you'd like, you know? Uh, uh, but, but, you know, yeah. this doesn't take into account, like, uh, I'm just imagining, I'm, I'm not... Um, poo-pooing Hunter's writing here. I'm just saying there's a difference between investigating, like having something to investigate and choosing to investigate something. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what what I'm trying to say is a police officer generally is going to respond to calls that come through, especially a, you know, uniformed police officer that's in a patrol vehicle Mm -hmm. or is on patrol. They will get called to a, a thing to investigate something or they will observe something and investigate it, right? Those are generally the two ways in which uh, a report is going to get generated for, you know, something that the police officer did that evening. I see where you're going. Okay. Um, I don't know how them choosing to or not to investigate something would differ with the moon. Because that would also happen – what I think you're raising is a fascinating point because in the order of operations, right, the chain of events, their decision to whether or not to investigate something, a.k.a. do their job, occurs <laughs> after something has already happened, right? So yeah. they are reacting to an event. Hopefully, and, rather than just going out there and, <laughs> and say, whatever. <laughs> There's no crime tonight. I guess I better start some, right? Yeah, I doubt yeah. that. I doubt that. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. It's very important because then that means that their decision has very little to do with whether or not there is a higher 
uh, a higher number of incidents during the evening of a full moon, right? Yeah, one would have to come before the other. Okay. Uh, and interesting too, because I know, I, I feel like you're a big proponent of the light argument here. <laughs> I'm just feeling it because it's, it's just what I believe. <laughs> well, how, what about when a full moon is out during the day? Oh, yeah. And it's observable. Oh, man. Crazy. Pandemonium. Kids everywhere are like, the moon! You're like, that shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but I, I remember very clearly the first time I saw the moon during the day, and I thought the jig was up. I thought it was the end. You know what I mean? I was like, well, the quality's going to fall off a little bit at the end, so we had a good run. Well, it is a weird, oh, that is a weird thing. I wonder how universal the concept is. Um, I think there's a sense growing up that the sun is out or the moon is out. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the moon is out at night and the sun is out at day and you cannot have both because how could it be night and day? That's not a thing. That's not possible. But then you, you know, begin to realize that the sun and moon, like all things, are a sliding scale or a spectrum. <laughs> Almost all things. <laughs> it's this weird, it's this weird uh, function of reality. Night and day are just part of the same wheel, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so let's let's go back because we do have to point out in all fairness uh, to the retired deputy hunter that uh, he is by his own admission not a scientist. He is collecting this in, in a way that's very similar to um, the, the way someone would collect folklore. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. So let's go to members of academia, members of the Ivory Tower, the Capital A Academy. Finally. Finally. Uh, University of California, Irvine criminology professor Karis Kubrin calls this perception amongst LEOs a kind of confirmation bias, adding that the officers are looking for evidence that confirms their pre-existing belief. Pre-existing is a, a phrase I, I inserted into that quotation. So let me not mislead you, fellow listeners. This is something personally, and it's just one person's opinion, that I could get behind because we know that happens. We, we know this happens often to everyone. We, we build coincidences or we curate coincidence in a way that um, most aids and abets our own narrative. So you could go through a troublesome traffic light 50 times, right? And it's it, maybe it's always green, right? Except for the 12 times that you happen to catch it when it's a red light. And then by time 11, you're like, this light sucks. This happens all the time. How much of my life have I spent here waiting at this POS traffic light? And then, you know, the way other people work, if you say that, especially if you're complaining about traffic, other people are not going to go, what is wrong with you? That light is awesome. I looked at my stats for that light, and buddy, I am green 65% of the time. No, they're going to go, yeah, man, traffic lights blow. I, I don't know what it is. It's like they should just paint them red because the color never changes. There are very few of us, but there are a few of us who would take the side of the traffic light just by default because somebody's complaining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I – uh, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but I've been involved in some weird traffic light <laughs> conversations. Do you know how easy those systems are to hack? Yeah. It is frightening, dude. It is frightening how uh, how little effort it would take to totally collapse some traffic systems in, in 
cities here in the U.S. We're supposed to be a developed country. Well, in Atlanta, it takes about three broken lights to just screw up the whole thing. I know. Yeah, we all call it a day at that point. That's why. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. <laughs> it really is. Especially neighborhood we work in. It's funny. I'm doing a um, I'm doing an episode. Uh, later this week, spoiler alert for our show, Car Stuff, which has hit the road again. <laughs> and uh, one of the one of the things we're going to look at is the cost of traffic. Like traffic is expensive. I had no idea. Forget millions. Forget billions. It costs like yeah. trillions of dollars a year. Yeah, but dude, strategic traffic. If you've got a business that's mm. on like a major road, yeah, traffic is the stuff, man. I was thinking that. Okay, this is a terrible idea. I want to preface this. Okay, this is a terrible idea. No one do it. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Okay, but it would work. Oh, God. <laughs> I added that at the end. So we have a lot of traffic jams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in other cities, you'll see people who wait at traffic jams to sell things, right? Yes. So what if we had – our worst traffic jams here in Atlanta tend to be on interstates. What if we had some kind of like side scooter type things that could go out when traffic is stopped, when it's okay. gridlocked, okay. and sell snacks – uh, sell sell beverages, non alcoholic. Uh, sell uh, you know, uh, doodads, flowers, toys. It's it's like a rolling convenience store on the highways, on the highway, on the shoulder of the highway, in places where uh, again, like four thirty to seven thirty. It's the only time they're open. Yeah, because that's the only time traffic is slow enough for these people not to get killed. Yeah. Now here are the three reasons it's a horrible idea. One. I would want to operate it as a nonprofit and give the money to disadvantaged people, which is never going to fly with Atlanta's government. Two, uh, we're talking about sending people out in traffic. Even if the speed is zero, that could very quickly become 60, and then we're just like one scrape up away from the whole thing collapsing. Yeah, but I bet you could charge a premium – on this is this is my solution for All right, you. Okay. Because people are stuck in traffic, they can't escape on some exit because they know if they go escape on the exit to hit up whatever fast food joint or mm-hmm. let's say a racetrack or QT or, or insert your gas station seven eleven here, um, they know it's just gonna take even longer to get back on the highway and they won't be able to get where they're going. But if somebody let's say was on the side of the road and they could make it to you, if they could get to your car door, mm-hmm. your window, roll it down and that's all you got to do. Roll down your window and swipe your card and you can have, let's just say, some something as simple as some chips and an ice cold beverage. They will pay you like movie theater prices. I oh, think. sure. And if they're paying movie theater prices, not only can you pay for your staff and they'll have a pretty nice wage, you'll be able to donate a good chunk of that the way you wanted to donate it. Again, the city government will never let it happen. But I like what you're saying because then also think about this. Uh, well, the last problem, the last problem, of course, I think I have a solution to it. The last problem is one of the biggest ones, which is it would further ruin, cripple traffic to have everybody trying to get to the shoulder at a yeah. stopping point. You know, of course, there it's a very self-centered species. So there will be a lot of people in the middle who are like, hey, forget you, buddy. Bring that Arby's to me. I got things to do. Uh, it's true. But here's the solution. Instead of people, why don't we just send drones out 
That was good. That was literally the thing yeah. I wanted to bring up next. Yeah, yeah, drones. You just need uh, reliably for them to operate at peak efficiency. You'd need a sunroof, though. So it's already kind of for the elite. I mean, it would be anyway if you're going to pay movie theater prices for anything. Right. I guess the, <laughs> I guess there aren't a lot of people who who are just scraping by so they could save up for their drone. Yeah. Uh, uh, chalupas. Drone chalupas, man. You know what? I apologize for derailing us here. Let us know what you think of this idea, Matt. You're kind. You're you're kind of turning me back into a proponent of it. You know, I would. I'd get in in this venture. Cool. I, I think I, I agree with you. Also, if we partner up with a fast food franchise, since we're already ruining the world with drones, uh, then we could we could get them to sink some of the overhead costs for us. Um, you know. There's this fast food chain that makes chicken sandwiches. Not the one you're thinking about. It's that one from Louisiana. Uh, if mm. you had them with their chicken sandwiches, oh my goodness. Mm. Food for thought. <laughs> Literally, food for thought. Let's let's go back to uh, – sorry I got us to traffic from, from folklore of the moon. But let's go back to the Academy, capital A. There's another professor who attributes this perception, this causal perception between the moon and uh, extraordinary behavior to folklore rather than to science. Professor Elizabeth Loftus says she will not outright – condone a correlation between the moon and craziness, but she does concede that, quote, maybe mentally ill people get weirded out by the full moon and behave in strange ways. If this is the case, then what we might be perceiving as a weird effect of moonlight or gravity or water or what have you may in fact just be a collection of isolated incidents wherein people who were already unwell were somehow triggered by a specific environmental event. And in these cases, maybe it just happened to be the moon. Maybe we're not paying enough attention to other things like an eclipse People go nuts during an eclipse, you know, for one reason or another. Back to what you said about religions. Some religions are founded on being able to predict an eclipse and then go absolutely ham when one happens. They are wonderful. They are. They are. You know, if you can get a spot where you get totality. Ah, but – but the moon is the moon alone is not the weather nor the environment entire. So we mentioned sad earlier, but what exactly is it? How does it work? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we are back. So let's get sad, everybody. Um, sorry, that was sorry great. for that. Um, so let's let's discuss seasonal affective disorder. It's um, it's more rare than probably the media would want you to believe or has made us believe, but it is indeed very much a real thing. And let's just talk about what it means. Seasonality or this disorder is reported by approximately 10 to 20% of people with depression. So that's somebody who already is feeling depression or having depression and they are either saying this is a part of it or the entirety of their depression, uh, the changes in season. Uh, then 15 to 22% of those with bipolar disorder also, you know, report that seasonality or seasonal affective disorder is also affecting them. Right, right. Like I, I know what my, uh, my variation may be, mm -hmm. mood and emotion. The peaks and valleys. And peaks and valleys, exactly. And even correcting for that, I noticed some enormous valleys. And there are some – fascinating real reasons behind some of this stuff mm -hmm. that again as we're we're talking a little bit more about the chemicals in our bodies and how those change this stuff um it goes deeper and it, and it speaks to our connection humanity's connection to the sun Oh, sure. Yeah. According to the Mayo Clinic, SAD or seasonal affective disorder, it's a type of depression that's related to changes in the seasons. It begins and ends around the same couple of times every year. And if you're like most people with this condition, your symptoms start in autumn. They begin in the fall. They continue into the winter months. You are lethargic. Your energy is sapped. You feel moody. Less often, we have seen cases of people reporting 
sad in the other direction in the spring or early summer. The signs and symptoms are going to be very familiar for anyone who has had these wintry blues before. You'll feel depressed most of the day, almost every day. The stuff that you enjoyed, video games, volleyball, cyberbullying, Twitter, people mm. or whatever, you don't enjoy it anymore. You have low energy, but you st- even though you feel tired all the time, you cannot sleep. You also don't enjoy a lot of the food you used to like. A lot of people report that they feel agitated uh, when when they're experiencing this or, or sluggish, having a, dif- uh, a difficult time concentrating. Like let's say if you're at school or at work, just can't really – Wrap your mind around one thing. Um, feeling hopeless, sometimes feeling guilty or worthless. Uh, again, these are a lot of a lot of these symptoms of just overall depression too. Uh, having frequent thoughts of death or suicide. Oof. And there's some science to this, as you had as you had said, Matt. We know that when your body, as long as you qualify as a human being, when your body is exposed to less sunlight it produces more melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone that makes you sleepy. It's pretty popular in the West as a sleep aid nowadays. Then there's also a pretty solid idea called the phase shift hypothesis. The phase shift hypothesis proposes what we had just talked about earlier in the beginning of the show, and it says that shortened days cause the timing of our circadian rhythms to fall out of sync with the actual time of day because there's this delay in the release of melatonin. And just as your body, your flesh bag, begins craving these midday naps, your brain begins producing lower levels of serotonin. Oh, the good one. Yeah, the tickle. That's what I call it. Yeah, your brain stops making the tickle. That is with a capital T. So your mood, your appetite, your sleep, your sexual desire, none of them, none of them scratch the itch anymore. You know, you, you don't get the tickle. What's the point of living if you don't have the, you know, if you don't enjoy the way stuff tastes, if you're not excited about doing something, you're just sort of getting a participation grade. Yeah, the, the tickle of, it's of the highest import. And uh, that stinks to have it. Uh, deadened a little bit or nullified in a way. Yeah. And how, like, for instance, I'm a, um, I'm a person who goes through, I mean, dark times pretty regularly. No. Yeah. Right. Uh, so (laughs) me too. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we get along so well, (laughs) but, uh, but we did, we did find the science here and then we not only found the science, we found, uh, beyond the microcosmic neurochemical mechanisms of every individual brain, we found that societies wherein people regularly experience this deprivation of light to an extreme degree, uh, th- the societies have banded together and created group solutions or attempts at group solutions for sunlight deprivation. That's why a lot of uh, people living in the Arctic Circle, a lot of people mm-hmm. living in, again, Scandinavian countries, countries uh, that have the infrastructure to support community solutions like this, they have they've done some groundbreaking work with light therapy. And we, we found some pretty cool examples of this too. Oh, yeah. There's an Atlantic article called, Will Norway Ever Beat the Winter Blues? that you shared, Ben. And in here, it talks about uh, a southern town in Norway called Rijukan or R-J-U-K-A-N. And 
it's kind of in a bit of a valley between mm-hmm. two large mountains. And during certain times uh, of the seasons there, the sun basically hits the peaks of the mountains or, or high up on the mountains, but doesn't actually ever get down into the valley. So it doesn't actually ever touch the town for long periods of time. And they figured out a way to get um, these large, I think 17 meter wide mirrors that reflect the sunlight from the higher peaks of that mountain down into the town square. And it's a, it's a fascinating idea. It, it's, it's genius mm-hmm. and very simple in a way, but just the concept of bringing a little bit of light into the town square so that people during midday, like I think it was noon to two or something like that, people can go out and experience sunlight in a time when they haven't felt it on their skin in days, if not weeks. And another thing interesting that's happening in that town, um, in the surrounding areas as well, there's a company called Brainlit. It's a Swedish company. And what what they do is they outfit a whole building, sometimes a classroom, sometimes a home, with smart lighting that mimics day and night cycles, essentially. So the idea here is to get a human being's circadian rhythms back on track just by having their eyes experience the light and the feeling on their skin, uh, all those things, have it occur indoors rather than outside being affected by the sun. And then again, we return to the nature of the light, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a specific type of light, correct? Yeah, it's uh, HCL and LED, the two solutions they have, and they call it biocentric lighting. It's really interesting stuff. If you want to learn more, uh, we are not promoting this this company or this brand, but it's called Brainlit, B-R-A-I-N-L-I-T dot S-E slash E-N. That's uh, where we were looking about looking at it. And we know that the research in this field is continuing. Light, at least, affects us more than we might like to believe. This is not, hey, I'm going on record, man. You know I respect you. This is not me agreeing with the light hypothesis re-lunacy. This is not. Okay. This is not me agreeing with that uh, because I just, I couldn't find any science to bear it out, but that doesn't mean it's not true. It just means maybe the science hasn't caught up Mm -hmm. with the human belief yet. Um, I told you it's my belief. I I, I don't got no science. (laughs) But it might be out there and it's worth searching for. In some people with bipolar disorder, we also know that spring and summer can bring on symptoms of mania or a less intense form of mania, hypomania, and fall and winter can be a time of deep depression. Here's Here's the ultimate answer though. Not just counting light, which is only one part of our environment. Let's think of the weather, all the other things the weather is, wind, barometric pressure, humidity, things like that. Pressure is a big one. Pressure is a huge one. And it turns out that everyday weather can change your mood if you are already unhappy. (laughs) If you're already having a bad time, don't worry. Weather can make it worse. If you're in a good mood, uh, you are more – you are less susceptible to uh, changes in environment or changes in, you know, weather affecting you or your mental state. I'll go with this. I've got stuff to add. I'll bring it back later, but let's let's go through this. Okay, so first things first. 2008 study uh, associated with the APA, American Psychological Association, published in the journal Emotion, indicates that weather can indeed mess with you if you're already feeling down in the dumps, morose, sad, etc. Researchers evaluated the personality 
personalities and moods of more than 1,200 adults through these daily questionnaires. So they're self-reporting. Uh, a little sticky. Uh, but these, these questionnaires were cross-referenced with the local weather during the day when they answered these questions. And they found that relate, like climate factors like uh, temperature, sunlight, wind, precipitation, so on, had no impact whatsoever on positive mood. But the temperature, wind, and sunlight did have a measurable effect on negative mood. And when we say negative, we're using it in the colloquial way, not the scientific way. Negative in, in science means absence of. Here, it means bad. <laughs> so, yeah. so See, yeah, right. So increased temperatures had uh, a positive effect on bad moods, while increased wind and decreased sunlight had a worsening effect on a bad mood. Although these effects did vary from one individual to another in terms of um, the degree of change, like how extremely or profoundly they were mm -hmm. affected, it did bear out across, again, more than a thousand people that there was some sort of correlation. And additionally... This is just a lead we're going to drop. We're not going to follow up. Uh, additionally, there are a surprising number of studies uh, into the correlation between high temperatures and crime. And from what we can tell, it is real. Uh, when the heat spikes, more crimes occur. Hot times somewhere in the city, my friend. Back of your neck, right? <sighs> but uh, No, but it's true. And uh, from what I was reading just this morning – you know, the science isn't necessarily in on that, but it does make sense uh, on a very base level. If it is warm outside and it is warm inside, a lot of people will probably be going outside. There will be more people on the street. There will be more people, you know, mulling around. Uh, there will be more people with bikes, more people making a trip with their um, – their briefcases or whatever they're carrying with them that so may have something in there. Perhaps more opportunity for crime. More opportunity, like more victims, like potential victims mm -hmm. in an area and also more people who are not holed up in their house because it's cold and rainy uh, who would be the, you know, potential mugger or burglar or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, there, I, it does feel like there's a real correlation there. Like if you just imagine yourself, if it's cold and rainy, making the decision to go out and do something nefarious um, versus if it's hot and you've got nothing else to do and uh, very dry. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, feel, it, feels, it feels real. So there we have it though. We know that the weather is not conspiring against us because the weather itself – far as we know, is not sentient, right? And if we go down that route, we end up at the Gaia hypothesis, which is a fascinating thought experiment, uh, superorganisms at all. While there is no currently, while there's no scientific proof that a full moon affects the human brain in the way that folklore tells us it does, the strength of confirmation bias and self-fulfilling prophecy might render that exact same science moot, because some people may be having stability issues during the full moon just because they believe that's what happens. We all grow up in a world where full moons are portrayed as harbingers of doom or eeriness in works of fiction, right? Dating back centuries. So, of course, we believe it. We've been brought up to believe that. 
Some medical and law enforcement professionals may be suffering from their own illusory pattern recognition, but it also seems like they are a little bit more likely than the the average Jane or Joe, whatever, to believe in this correlation because they feel they've personally experienced it. And while the moon may not affect your mind, the sun most certainly does in ways that you might not even notice. As can barometric pressure bringing about some pain. It affects my dog. If my dog feels barometric pressure changing, especially Mm. if it's lessening, Mm. she gets all freaked out because she knows a storm's coming. It's Uh, crazy. Yeah. And it's it's like half an hour to 20 minutes before a storm starts. It's weird. Uh, And that's why, you know, we didn't even really talk about rain much at all. No, no, we haven't even talked about rain. Luckily, we did. I think we have an earlier video on dogs and other animals being able to predict the weather, right? Did we do that? Did I make it I up? I think that is uh, one of the other video shows. I'm remembering a different timeline maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's one of the other video oh, shows. Oh, man. Okay. Well, if it's one of the other video shows, I guess you could still check it out. Yeah, it was probably Brain Stuff probably or was. what was the other one called? Oh, no. What the stuff? No. What no. the stuff? Oh, gosh. Whew, bury it. That was Paul's favorite thing that we ever Sow made Sow the earth with salt. <laughs> bury that let no stand let no stone stand on another video stone there but anyhow what do you think folks is there more to the moon myth than meets the eye as as uh, matt and i and noel and paul have always have always said and always prided ourselves on we're we're not afraid to have differing opinions and it feels like i'm a little more on the skeptical side of this and it feels like matt not to put words in your mouth it feels like you are a little more on board with maybe the science isn't there yet and the science might find something proving this this hypothesis about light it's one of those things it feels like the science should have been here a long time ago mm-hmm. and it just feels correct to me but i acknowledge that it's probably not scientifically valid i don't know though because we we know that light does affect sleep patterns like it seems seems pretty solid eh, feelings and feeling and knowing are two very different things mm-hmm. what <laughs> what's the weather like in your neck of the woods fellow conspiracy realist Tell us, and tell us your craziest full moon war stories. Bonus points if they somehow involve shapeshifters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, or uh, UFOs, either way. Or UFOs, or shapeshifters. If you've seen someone transform into a UFO, you you win. Oh, my God. I don't know what you win, but we'll, we'll figure out something. If you have video proof, go ahead and you can replace me as host on this show. Uh, no. Put that out there. If you've got video proof of weather affecting something with a UFO shape shifter, yeah, you're in. I accept. You can appear on an episode. Please don't, <laughs> please don't pod people. My, my good friend Matt Frederick here. Uh, where, okay, let's say somebody does have that kind of stuff, Matt. Uh, how can they get it to us? Oh, well, you can find us on Twitter where we're Conspiracy Stuff or on Facebook where we're also Conspiracy Stuff. Or you can join our Facebook group, Here's Where It Gets Crazy, where you can meet all sorts of other yous. Well, <laughs> of course, when I say you, I mean you, but then also you. So there's so many different yous out there. What I'm saying is we all get together as we and have discussions about the show. I hope that wasn't weird enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Alternate versions of yourself and so on. Yes. yes. Uh, if you do not care for the social meds, you can always 
call us. We have a phone number. That is a true story. Uh, maybe wait till the moon is full and dial in. Yes, we are 1-833-STDWYTK. Leave us a message. We might do something with it. Mm. We might just listen to it in a room in a circle. Turn the beat around. <laughs> then your message is inserted there. <laughs> um, if you don't want to do any of that stuff. Oh, b- by the way, Instagram, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. Oh, that's right. That's a very good point. And uh, you can find us there. You can find Ben. It's pretty easy, actually, if you type in Ben Bolin. I've tried it a couple times. You you can find him. You can also find Matt uh, if you are intrepid. Yes, but the difficulty level is higher. That's actually not true because my <laughs> iHeart is literally in my username. Oh, boy. Eey. Uh, But if none of that quite bags your badgers, hangs your moon, or uh, heliostats your sparse sunlight of life, uh, we have one last way to contact us. Even though it's 2019 still as we record this, we have an old-fashioned email address. You can write to us. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Forget those Sunday night blues for a second with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.